can clothing have a voice? Let its thoughts be known and speak out? And how did hate is a virus, this online movement, get its start? Listen to this encore presentation by Michelle Hanabusa, who spoke at the Imagine Talks annual symposium. Michelle Hanabusa bootstrapped a new brand called We Are Uprisers. The We Are Uprisers brand is described as a community-driven streetwear brand focused on storytelling for activists, trendsetters, and warriors of change. Michelle's goal is to inspire change and give a voice to the underrepresented. Now, here is Michelle Hanabusa with Impact Through Apparel. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? Hi, Francis. I'm good. How are you? Doing really well. I'm super excited to have this interview with you. Um, Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, uh, make sure I'm saying your name right. Michelle Hanabusa, right? Yes, that is perfect. Thank you. And um, I know a little bit about you, but I would love for you to also tell more um, more detail to the viewers that I know that you are a former figure skater. I also know that you are a really, really strong activist for the Asian American community. And I also know that you are an entrepreneur as well, too. So can you Tell us a bit about, and anything else you want to throw in there in, in, in the details and gaps, but tell us a bit more about yourself from, from some of those aspects. Sure. Um, well, I am, I'm Japanese American. Um, we actually hit, I think, over a hundred years now of our family being here in the States. Okay. Um, something that my dad is like super passionate about and uh, he, he has yet to celebrate it, but, um, and so, Born and raised in Los Angeles, um, fourth generation, and um, but my mom's side is first generation, and so uh, it was this like beautiful blend of uh, cultures in a way of growing up, you know, Americanized, but then also really like finding my roots within Japanese culture through my mother. So um, I think it's pretty rare to find fourth generation uh, who can actually speak and understand Japanese. Um, but for the, you know, the longest time, I really hid that part of my identity. You know, I was trying to really just fit in with um, my Americanized friends and, you know, try to blend in as much as possible. And that's something that maybe we can go over later. Uh, but it really speaks to what and the reasons why I started Uprisers. Um, and growing up, I... I, I was a competitive figure skater for over 14 years. And so that really took up most of, of my childhood, you know, waking, waking up at four o'clock in the morning every day, um, training for six days out of the week out of um, um, here based in, in Los Angeles. And that was my life. It was just, I want to go to the Olympics. I want to be the next Michelle Kwan. And I, I really idolized her, you know, and I wanted, I wanted to, She's probably the only familiar face that I saw on TV. Um, we just happened to have the same first name. So I was like, perfect, I'm gonna go into figure skating. Uh, but halfway through high school, I was around 15, 16, I, uh, um, I had to get hip surgery 
just from overuse mm -hmm. and um, you know all the impact that mm -hmm. that skating really takes a toll on your body. So um, having that surgery kind of ruined the competitive career side within figure skating. Uh, the doctors did not recommend that I compete anymore. Um, and I could just do like more of like the show business side of, of figure skating. But that opened opportunities and doors for me to just continue more of like a normal life and really like uh, dive into school, get a college education and do all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess that was the start of my entrepreneur life. <laughs> Okay, fantastic. So were you starting, were you an entrepreneur as early as high school then? Is that what you're saying? Well, I, yes, I think I, no, I think I actually had to find different hobbies because if I wasn't spending 15 plus hours a week on the ice, because I couldn't do that anymore, I had to find other things that I was interested in. So I started to dive into uh, graphic design. Um, I was really inspired by my aunt who was designing for like Disney at the time. And I was like, I'm going to be just like her. <laughs> I didn't, you know. Um, and so I, I really started to go into that realm. Um, I used to design a lot of my figure skating costumes. And so there was always a clothing element uh, that I was really interested in. So I would also go to vintage stores, kind of remake it, and then like force my friends and my neighbors to buy it. <laughs> So right. it was a mixture of like design meets fashion and then just trying to figure out like how to market it. Uh, and then fast forward to college, I also started like a very small um, um, entrepreneur type business uh, selling to other sororities my designs. Wow, so fashion design was always kind of in your genes at a very early on that you were also picking up on very good sales skills as well too, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize it at the, at the time, but I think it, it really helped me. Um, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. So what did you, what, were, is that what you basically did even out of college? Was, was that your first, when you came out of college, were you already really focused on creating your own company or did you do a series of other jobs first before you started to hit your stride and having your own company? Yeah, uh, I definitely went that nine to five corporate life route. Um, at that time, I was still struggling to find my identity and my voice because mm -hmm. the only thing I knew uh, was figure skating. And when, when all of that was just taken away, I, I, I spent years just trying to find where I belong. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, my parents never directly told me this, but I can just tell that they wanted me to have like a stable life, make mm -hmm. sure I get a 401k, all of those things that, you know, probably my parents' generation thought that was a success. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so even if I didn't necessarily want to do it, you know, getting a college education, getting a really good job after college was yeah. something that was just embedded in my mind. Uh, so my first job was actually in fashion. Um, I was a graphic designer working underneath the creative director. Um, and that presented itself really great opportunities because I was able to climb pretty quickly within you know that corporate structure 
um, definitely got burnt out in the fashion world mm -hmm. and told myself, maybe I shouldn't even be in this industry. And so I moved out of that and started working for um, Anschutz Entertainment Group, which is AEG. So they're like one of the largest like music conglomerates. Um, and they also dabble with real estate, I guess, for all the music venues and sporting events and stuff like that. So um, working in their, in their creative department. Right. What did you learn during your nine to five corporate stint uh, that has benefited you as you took a step into the world of entrepreneurship? That's a great question. Um, something that I've learned that I don't want to ever create a space that feels very political <laughs> mm. with hierarchies. Yeah. Um, but I did learn a lot, you know, even just simple things of writing very professional emails and doing it really quickly, mm. um, meeting those really fast turnaround deadlines, yep. um, thinking on your feet. Um, but I think most importantly, uh, networking within those industries because a lot of those folks that that i met during that time are people that really have supported me along my journey yeah yeah i would think i would think so that uh, successful entrepreneurs a lot of it has to come with the fact of not just what they've learned but also who they've gotten to know well and connected with through that journey right because just by definition if you're going to go into entrepreneurship you need to have a network that you're going to basically work with either internally or externally right exactly okay very cool okay so let's talk a little bit about 2020 shall we because <laughs> it seems like a lot of stuff converged <laughs> not just everybody but specifically for you from when i'm when i'm watching here a lot of things are converging around this time almost as if it was in a way preordained so tell me a bit about from a internal political activist point of view, what ignited you, what connected with you, what really spoke to you that happened in 2020? Yeah, um, so let me just backtrack a little bit uh, because, you know, when, when I started Uprisers, I mm. really wanted to highlight stories of, mm. of folks and uh, just creators who are, you know, it's, it's underrepresented, right? I really wanted to create a platform so that we are able to share these authentic, uh, impactful stories. Um, and the, up, the name Uprisers came about because starting in 2016, I felt like this shift was happening hmm. and that the, the traditional way to do things wasn't going to work anymore. And there needed to be like radical transformations, radical shift. I didn't really know to what extent or what that meant, but that's just how I felt. Mm. And so my two other ventures that I started um, um, a couple of years ago actually stemmed from the name Uprisers. Mm. So when I started up Uprisers, it was um, being able to talk about this in a radical way, but also in a sophisticated, not um, not messy way. You know, I wanted to I wanted to be able to do it in a very authentic way. Um, and so, 2019 was a really great example of us collaborating with a 
activist and content creator Asia Jackson. And three years ago, she started a movement called um, about colorism called Maganda Morenix. She's half black, half Filipino. And she always struggled and was bullied growing up because of the color of her skin. And she was not proud of it. And so Maganda Morenix is a global movement. Um, so many people know about this. And every year in October, they celebrate Maganda Morenix. And they want to collaborate with Uprisers as her first uh, merchandise um, release to, to talk about this movement. So that was a really great introduction to like the types of stories and movements we want to stand behind. Then 2020 hit and we had a lot of great things that were in the works. Um, and when it all came crashing down, it was this feeling of I was I was scared inside because I, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, is this the end of uprisers? Are we going to be able to continue? And, you know, we had a very small team at that time. And so I, I see them as family. I'm like, what am I going to do about them, too? You know, um, they were always there for me since day one when I started my entrepreneur journey. It's like I'm not just going to be like, OK, bye. See you later. <laughs> we're, we're in this pandemic now. Um, and we had a meeting before lockdown being like how can we we're, we're community first we want to speak for the people right. and we want to be able to listen to and respond to them what's what's going on in our immediate local community that we can somehow like activate and help out and i was just expressing this need of like we need to not stay silent this time because our fellow brothers and sisters are are dealing with racism and dealing with xenophobia and who's going to stand up for them, you know? Um, and so we coined this term hate is a virus, which mm -hmm. essentially started as a um, food crawl, a weekly food crawl to go and support local small restaurants. Um, we and two days later, it went into lockdown. So then we were like, okay, we have to pivot again, but that's okay, because we know how to do it. And um, um, I ended up connecting with Tammy Cho and Brian Pham, and um, the three of us got together to really create more of like this digital movement that you see now. Uh, so Hate is a Virus became a very uh, core aspect, not only um, in combating racism and xenophobia, but really addressing um, our AAPI identity as well and how we can address certain issues that come up in our society and even stand in solidarity with other um, minority communities. What exactly would you say or how would you describe in, in its simplest terms the message that Hades of Bars represents and wants to convey to, to the community? Wait, what's the, what's the one message? That the hate, the hate is a virus is, is wants to convey. Like, what is it? What is the, the mission and the message that it's conveying? Yeah, so um, hate is a virus started off uh, in response to everything that was going on during COVID 19. Mm -hmm. And it was to combat racism and xenophobia mm -hmm. um, towards our Asian American community because of uh, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, now that we're of course, we're still dealing with, with everything. There's a ton of hate crimes um, uh, still occurring, but what does hate as a virus, what is our overall mission that we wanna do carrying 
um, moving forward, you know, even mm -hmm. past the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And um, Tammy Cho is such an amazing leader and she's really spearheading this as our CEO for this movement. Mm -hmm. um, we are going to uh, uh, continue to combat racism um, and just hate, but also addressing and educating uh, our, our youth AAPIs um, with more like educational content, really l letting them understand um, the American identity and the identities that have come forth and the reasons why we are dealing with these things today. Um, and, and hopefully that can activate and mobilize our communities. Okay, I love that. It's a really good, powerful and strong mission behind that. Um, now, has any of that message or that mission carried over into how other stories that Uprisers shares in its product line now? Uh, yeah, I think I think it all the 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 DNA of Uprisers is is to is to tell the authentic stories of activists, trendsetters. Um, I like to call them people. I mean, sorry, I like to call them warriors of change. Mm -hmm. uh, and so a lot of what Hate is the Virus is doing as an organization is really um, also an arm of what Uprisers is passionate about. Mm -hmm. You know, Hate is a Virus is, is focused on, on combating hate mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and addressing those things. Um, Uprisers is really, um, at least the way I see it, is a platform to address certain issues that we want to bring to the forefront. You know, whether it's about colorism, whether it is about Black Lives Matter and how we can stand in solidarity with them, um, about climate change, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, activating our community to go out and vote, right? Mm -hmm. um, there, there's so many different things that we can be tackling, but I also don't want us to feel like we can change the world, you know? there's there it really takes a village to do something like that. And and I just wanna be able to slowly, slowly ramp up so that we can handle and do what we do best um, with the things that we really care about. Okay, fantastic. Now, on top of that also, um, some exciting things are happening for Uprisers right now too, especially coming in in the early parts of 2021. Yes. Um, so, with, with, with all that said, I think it's awesome because the community has been really responsive to it. Um, they understand the mission behind Uprisers. We're more than just clothing, you right. know, um, and, and being recognized on a larger national scale um, really says something as well. And so mm -hmm. starting in 2021 in February, 211 to be exact, nice. uh, Uprisers uh, will be the first Asian American female brand uh, that will be onboarded with PacSun. Wow, that is huge, and congratulations on that. I I, I can't think of a better way uh, to rise up in the ashes of everything that we've been going through in 2020, and to come back uh, in 2021 with what we really all need is a nice, strong, fresh start. And, and really putting ourselves out there this time. Um, we're coming toward the end of our time here, but I really want to ask you one more question is, based on a lot of the lessons you've learned 
and the wisdom you've acquired over this journey of yours. What are some pieces of advice or what is a one piece of advice or one challenge you would want to give to our audience that they can take away from our time together here? Yeah, if you know, if there's there's something that you're passionate about, interested and whatnot, like also think about how how we can be of service to our community too. And if there's just a, one little thing that we can do every single day and almost embed it within our life lifestyle, um, I think that it could make really great impact for the future. I love it. That's such a powerful message. Um, and you're an example to the community and you have such a great network. And I look forward to seeing some of your products uh, online and also in stores. I plan on buying them and wearing them proud. <laughs> so thank you so much for giving us that voice and also have fun, having fun doing it as well too. So um, I think that's all the time we have that I hope, I hope, I hope we can have you on our live stage sometime in 2022 and get to meet you in person um, and give you a big hug and thank you for all the wonderful work you do in the community. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. I'll give you a virtual hug now. Virtual hug. <laughs> Yay. You're, you're beautiful. And thank you for always just being such a beacon and, and a warrior for all of us. Thank you so much. Thank you. You take care. I'll talk to you again soon, okay? Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us with this encore presentation by Michelle Hanabusa from the Imagine Talks Annual Symposium. To learn more about Imagine Talks, go to www.imagintalks.org. Edge Interns and Mental Power Hacks supports this podcast. Edge Interns sources the best interns to the best companies. Learn more at edge. That's edgeinterns.com. Mental Power Hacks is where you'll get life hacks to boost your mental performance, productivity, and success. Connect at mentalpowerhacks.com, subscribe to us, and get the latest episodes of Imagine Talks podcast, Achieving Success, Social Impact, Overcoming Obstacles. See you next episode.